This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. A live interactive mock draft upcoming here on Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and especially the NFL draft. And as always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners of the show, Blue Wire Pods. And full show today, as not only do we have Kenny Keller and Brandon Pastel, my normal co-host, but we are also being graced with the presence of one of our former colleagues, Riley Bradshaw. What's up, man? It's been a long time. Reunited, and it feels so good. So good. Guys, Woo! I was this morning I was thinking about it, and I was like, holy crap. It's been almost a whole year since we've done a show together. Yeah. Like, how, how nuts is that? It was April last year would have been our last show. Yeah, April. Yeah, it's been almost an entire year since the four of us did a show together. I mean, I That's love right. what you guys are doing at Prospects One One. Thanks for having me on. By the way, I'm super pumped to do this mock draft. But I was also thinking, <laughs> well, <laughs> at the beginning of the year we were in Asheville all together celebrating the new year, and yeah. we had talked about doing a Chalk Talk reunion. For those who don't know, uh, the four of us did an XFL show called XFL Chalk Talk. Uh, and we were talking about doing a reunion, which kind of happened, but didn't happen because we were technically together, but we didn't actually do a show. <laughs> but now we can finally say you can't call us liars because, yeah, it's not XFL, but we are reunited. Re reunited. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, what? we missed an opportunity, by the way, to be funny with it. Like, hi, you know, we're welcome a special guest to the show, former, co former host of XFL Chalk Talk and like give your credentials. That would have been pretty funny. <laughs> That's right. Fin it to win it. Yeah, fin it. But guys, fit to win it. I'm I'm super pumped to come on and do this mock draft with you because like I know we talk offline a ton. And for those that don't know, I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. So the last two years for me in the draft have been like super exciting just because the Dolphins have so much draft capital. And I know like today we're doing just the first round, but what excites me about this draft, and I'd love to get your guys' input before we get started. Like, yeah, the, there's a lot of top level talent like first round graded talent obviously everyone's going to talk about like the the five quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the first round but like what really excites me is the depth in a lot of positions in this draft like everyone knows like yeah the first round pick is obviously the one that's going to be the most touted most talked about but like where you actually win or lose the draft is like two through five two through four right and I feel like dude the talent in a lot of these positions two through four is what has me so amped 
about this draft. I mean, you look at classes like the safety class. I mean, we may go through this whole round and not one safety is going to go off the board. That doesn't mean the safety class yep. isn't good. Kenny, you and I were talking about it like a week or so ago. There are a ton of safeties that have a lot of potential in this draft. And you could say that for linebackers, uh, tackles, there are a ton of positions. Wide receiver, oh my God. Like there yeah. is so much depth in a lot of these positions. Well, yeah, I mean, arguably, I can't remember the last time we've had, you know, we've talked about five quarterbacks going in the first round and feeling as confident about five quarterbacks going yeah. in the first round. But, the, you know, safety is ripe for the picking with some sleepers because you have guys who have first round talent, but they were hurt or they opted out etc and that kind of hurt their stock a little bit and like you said corner wide receiver are deep yeah. offensive line is deep wide receiver is insane I mean it's 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 gonna be a fun draft and there's even some talent to be had in the second and third round with tight end as well like mm-hmm. it's 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 gonna be a really fun draft I tell you and what it's a, about go ahead Pasto I was just saying the, the good thing about you know having five quarterbacks up front is you get guys like Michael Parsons possibly dropping outside the top 10 some of these highly touted prospects that we thought were first uh, surefire top 10 picks, they're going to drop because five of those slots are probably going to be taken by quarterbacks. So very interesting draft this year. I tell you what, it's a great draft. If you want offensive talent, it's certainly deep and rich at a lot of those positions on the offensive side of the ball, but a lot of great Riley. I think you touched on it and I think you're hundred percent right. The value that you're going to get in rounds two through five on the defensive side of the ball is going to be very high because a lot of these offensive guys are going to go fast and going to go quick. So it's going to be kind of a unique draft in that sense. And the other part of the, uh, of this draft that's going to be unique is where do the guys that opt out go, right? You know, you, you kind of have those guys at the top of the draft that that'll be taken, but you know, there were a fair amount of guys that opted out and they're not going to have the combine to show themselves and they're going to have a limited pro day. So it's going to be very interesting to see where these guys are slotted in, not only in the quarterback position, but again, a lot of, you know, we've talked about in the shows a lot, where do these guys that did not play, where do they go and and where do some of them fall? So as, as, <clears throat> as we take a look at it, I just want to tell all of our fans here how this is going to be set up. So we're using the draft network, uh, which is a, a mock draft <laughs> platform. We can go through and get everything set up. So here's how it's going to work. Kenny is going to have the AFC East, the NFC West. Riley's going to have the NFC East, AFC West. Pastel will have the NFC North and AFC South. And then I will have the NFC South and AFC North. So if one of our teams fall within those divisions, they have our pick. And so, for example, Jacksonville Jaguars have the first overall pick. So Brandon Pastel will be making that pick at number one for Jacksonville because they are in the AFC South. Now, we are going to throw a unique thing in here, and the trades are in play. So may see some shuffling there in the first 10, 20 picks. That'll be very very interesting. I will also note for the listeners, this is the first time that we've done this all together. So this is going to be <laughs> very interesting in how it's going to turn out, but we, we'll have a lot of fun on the way. And again, we're all looking on the screen here, so we'll be able to keep up pretty good. 30 set. We'll go, uh, we'll go 30 to sit. Uh, let's go. Thir- let's go 60 seconds to make a pick. Once the pick is made, everybody else will kind of 
kind of analyze the pick that goes there. We'll try not to spend too much time so we can keep everything going. I will try my best to keep everything moving in a positive direction. But with us four, you just never really know. So good luck. I do not envy you. No, it's going to be a show. That's why I said before I was like, man, let's uh, let's see what happens. And the other thing that's going to make it difficult is we can't see each other. So this is good. All right. All right, guys, let's do it. Let's get started. So the Jacksonville Jaguars, dun, 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 dun. you are on the clock, Brandon Pastel. Pretty sure that's not how it goes, but. All right. I don't know, Riley. Hey, Riley, thanks for coming prepared for the music. I appreciate it. Thanks for helping the show out. Team player. Team player. I know. Obviously, this is uh, our co-host, Kenny Keller's team, so he's probably going to be able to dissect. Team needs a little bit more. But with the first overall pick, there's only one team need. There's only one reason why Urban Meyer came to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's because he wanted Trevor Lawrence. I'm going Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson University, going number one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Not really a stutter there, that, right? 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Kenny, I mean, you're yeah. up. Yeah. Kenny, you're up yeah, at number I mean, it, two with the Jets. Go ahead, Pastel. Uh, I was just going to say, you know, while Kenny thinks about his second overall pick, it, 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 can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so I was just going to say, while Kenny thinks about the second overall pick, is it, it, it's a no-brainer. As much as people want to throw Zach Wilson out there, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and guys like that, they're all great prospects, great quarterbacks, but – Trevor Lawrence, no-brainer. He's had three years of proven success. He's been to the college football playoffs three years, national championship twice, and won national championship once. He has all the measurables, all the assets. Don't overthink this. As much as other people want to throw Zach Wilson in there and try to make it interesting or clickbait or whatever, Trevor Lawrence, no-brainer, is going to be the quarterback for a long time in Jacksonville. So with that being said, Kenny, I'm, Kenny, Kenny, I would like to trade up to number two. Okay, who, who are you trading with? I am trading with the Carolina Panthers. So I would like to offer switch this year's first. I would like to also offer uh, next year's first and next year's second as well. Okay, let me take a look here. Ooh, Riley's going to pull up the Riley's going to pull up the trades here. The Panthers want to jump up to two. Want to jump up? To All two. right. So, repeat that one more time. So, you want to swap first, obviously, we'll and then you want to give firsts, what? and then next year's first and second. Next year's first and second. Okay. Okay. I would also, Gless. I would also like to get Riley. You 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 put you put the wrong thing on there. You put my picks as going to Gless, my first for next year. Oh, oh never mind. My bad. Yeah, that's not yeah, a good yeah. trade, Kenny. Yeah, so that's, that, that's <laughs> I mean, I'll take one. that. that you want to do that? I'm all in on definitely that. Definitely a bad trade. Um, I, <laughs> I think you got to clear it out. I don't know how you clear it out, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's the Panthers are giving up the eighth pick, their second round pick, and next year's first, first and second, second round pick yeah. for Correct. the Jets. There we go. I will go nah, ahead and take it's moving I will up go, what seven spots? Moving up seven spots. 
I will go ahead and accept that deal, Gless. I will take that trade. Mm. Oh, it's being finalized. It has been finalized, so the Panthers are on the clock. So I am on the clock. The reason I move up seven spots here is because I see my franchise quarterback there at two. I thought Kenny might take him at two. I debated on trading with the Dolphins at three, but I see my guy, so I wanted to go get my guy and without knowing what was going to happen. So the Carolina Panthers select Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU, and he'll be paired up with uh, Christian McCaffrey and Matt Rule, and that offense is really going to take it to the next level. And the Panthers now have their quarterback of the future and a guy that will be taking snaps in a Panthers uniform for the next decade, in my opinion, made it worth it to move all the way up, to move seven spots to get my guy. So there's a few layers. There's a few layers to this, guys. Okay. So one, Gless, as the GM of the Panthers, at three, where a lot of people have the Dolphins trading out, and they still could, but a lot of mock drafts have the Finns swapping picks with the Panthers. So you were not comfortable, Gless, with either Fields or Wilson, whichever one of them dropped to three. You were, you're that much higher on Wilson than Fields that you were willing to jump up to two. And that also means that Kenny and the Jets, you're willing to drop back to eight, potentially losing out on the top three quarterbacks. Are you going to stick with Sam Darnold? Is that the plan? There's a lot Go going ahead, on Gless. here. The, Go yeah, ahead, so, yeah I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with that. The Zach Wilson to Carolina, it's not that I'm higher on, on Fields or Wilson. I just think the fit with the Panthers is a match made in heaven. I think the skill set is perfect for that offense. I think pairing him up with Christian McCaffrey and the receiving core that they have down there, I think that he is the missing piece there. So from a fit perspective, you see your guy, you go get your guy, and especially the guy is going to be your, your franchise. So do I, I think Wilson and Fields are 1A and 1B for, or 2A, 2B for me, but I think the fit with Carolina just makes too much sense. And I just didn't want to leave it up. You know, if Atlanta maybe moved up to two, uh, you know, Philly or maybe Denver did, didn't want to leave that up. I want to go get my guy, uh, the guy that I knew that was going to be the best fit. So that's why I went with, uh, moved all the way up to two instead of switching out with three. So, so quickly, having Darnold on roster definitely made that trade a lot easier to make. I was going to go ahead, if nobody traded, I was going to go and select Justin Fields. I think, to me, he's the second-best quarterback in this draft. But, however, I am willing to roll the dice that, A, maybe he makes it back to eight. Or, B, you know, worst-case scenario, I now have a ton of ca- draft capital. Uh, you know, I, I, I have more draft capital this draft, and now I have an additional first and second rounder next year as well. So, I, my, I felt comfortable with that. Got it. Well, Miami Dolphins at three are on the clock. Kenny Keller, what are you doing there? With the third pick in the NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins select Penny Sewell, offensive tackle, Ooh. Oregon. All right. Well, as the uh, Dolphins fan, here, <laughs> dagger I have to all. Jump. I, it's a dagger to a lot of teams. As a Dolphins fan, would I hate this? No. He is, in my opinion, the only pick you can make if you stay at three. If they stay at three and take one of the receivers, I'm going to feel like there's lost value there because there's a lot of teams, the Eagles potentially at six, the Panthers at eight. If you want to drop all the way back to 12 with the 49ers, 
I feel like you could still get one of the big three wide receivers and or Kyle Pitts at one of those spots. So, Kenny, I like the pick at three, but in my opinion, I'm trying to jump back as much as possible if I'm the Dolphins. Of all the mock drafts that I've done through the mock draft machine at the Draft Network, dude, the assets you get from jumping from six to three, or obviously Carolina can't do that in this um, circumstance, but the picks that you get, you can, and we talked about this, the depth, the second through fourth round of this draft, there's a lot of talent out there that the Dolphins could accrue by just going back a few picks and then still getting that wide receiver you desperately need. But hey, I'm not going to complain with a generational tackle in Penixel, right? All right, number four, the Falcons are on the clock, which means me since I am the NFC South. And with the fourth overall pick in this mock draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State University. here's, Here's my rationale behind it. One, I am not a guy to think that. I, I just don't think the Falcons at that position at four are going to take a quarterback. The The contract that they have to get rid of is just so uh, – it's so large. Uh, they have to find a trade partner if that's the case. If not, there are essentially uh, questions on, <clears throat> on whether can you take a guy to be a backup behind. I just think it's way too complicated. So I went here and took the best defensive player in the draft, a clear need for the Falcons. I could have gone Kyle Pitts here at tight end, but decided to take the best defensive player in the draft. I, I like the pick, Gless. I, obviously, I think it's, I think the, our listeners probably know I'm a really big Micah Parsons fan, but I'm with you. I I think the Falcons are kind of in a, in a weird spot. You know, do they pick a quarterback? If they do cool, there's value there because maybe fields and Wilson are available and you've got your quarterback of the future, your secession plan when Matt Ryan eventually either retires or gets cut. Um, But then like, what do you do next? Do you take a receiver at four? I feel like four is kind of high to pick chase or, or waddle. So, or sorry, uh, chase waddle or Smith, any of the three. And then you have, you know, Kyle Pitts sitting there. It's four too high to take Kyle Pitts, possibly. You know, what do you do? The top offensive tackles off the board. The top two quarterbacks are off the board. So I feel like it's either Justin Fields or you might want to trade back. But, however, I do – the only other guy I really like in that situation is Micah Parsons. I love Micah Parsons. Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. And with the fifth overall pick, unless I have a trade partner, no, no trade, nobody wants to move up to five. No, doesn't sound like it. So I'll go ahead and make the pick. Cincinnati Bengals at five, select Kyle Pitts, tight end out of the University of Florida. Couple reasons for this pick. I don't, I don't like either receiver for the Bengals at this moment, um, just because I, I think they have a decent receiving core already. The reason I like Pitts opposed to taking one of the receivers is because Pitts is it is dynamically different than the other two. I like the height. I love the advantage, the mismatch that he gives uh, the Bengals. And it's another weapon out of the three weapons that were available to me. Pitts, um, so uh, Pitts, Chase, and Smith. I'm going Pitts here for the Bengals because I think it's, a, I think it's the, best, uh, the best fit for the Bengals at this moment. Pastel, what do you think is the, the resident Bengals fan? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually like the pick. And I've grown to like it more and more. As I've kind of like, like started looking at these guys' film a little bit, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head. I mean, you guys surround Joe Burrow with the talent, and if it's not going to be up front, which the only talent 
this early as Pene Sewell, but if he doesn't fall there, then it really comes down to, you know, either wide receiver or tight end. There's only one player in that group that I think is a could be a generational talent, and that's Kyle Pitts. So give him the size. I mean, the guy's like six foot five. He has the speed. He has separation. He wins more than 50% of his jump balls. So I absolutely love him as a red zone threat and even over the middle uh, as that blanket for Joe Burrow. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith really going in the top five. Uh, so I think this is a this is a great pick, Lester, and I, I fully approve. I'm Brandon Pastel, and I approve this message. <laughs> All right, number six, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles are on the clock. Riley Bradshaw, what are the Philadelphia Eagles going to do? Uh, in my opinion, probably a roster that needs some decent reconstruction. But at number six, who do the Eagles have to pick? Obviously, a lot of areas they could go here. If you are an Eagles fan. I am jumping for joy at this board. If you're a Justin Fields guy, like you want your team to jump up from six and get Justin Fields, you don't have to trade. He's right here. I could take him. You have all the top wide receivers, Chase, Waddle, and Smith to choose from. I mean, all the cornerbacks, Farley, Sertan, they're on. I mean, this is a fantastic board for the Eagles. So I'm a little perplexed of what to do here. I don't think Fields is going to fall to six. I really don't. I think someone's going to trade up probably to three to get Fields or Wilson, whoever falls there. I think, me personally, I think it's going to play out the three quarterbacks are going to go first. But if Fields falls to six here, I think, you know, I'm not a Hurts hater, but I feel like Justin Fields is the better version of Jalen Hurts. I love Fields' tape from Ohio State. I think that he gets discredited way too much in this debate between Wilson and Fields. I feel like all the hype right now, guys, is around Wilson, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but Fields has consistently done it on the biggest stage. I mean, it's very hard for me to get, you know, Alabama is Alabama, so I'm going to exclude that. I mean, they're just a completely different category of juggernaut compared to these other teams this past year. But what he did to Clemson and, you know, in the past – two years since getting Ohio state, all he does is win and all he does is produce numbers. I get the whole, you know, does he, does he read the field quick enough for the NFL level? Uh, But I mean, other than that, he's got every intangible you would want arm strength, mobility, accuracy. He's got it. I feel like Justin Fields, in my opinion, is the second best quarterback in this draft. And if he drops to six, I don't care if you have Jalen hurts or not, you're taking him. Wow. I I agree with it off the clock. Go ahead, Kenny. No, I was just going to say, I agree, Riley. I I think if you have a shot to take your franchise quarterback, you take it. Like, Jalen Hurts did a decent job filling in for Carson Wentz last year, but he wasn't anything special. He had a very low completion percentage. Um, There's questions about if he can throw the ball consistently at this level. Um, You know, so I I think it's a, a smart pick. I think you have a franchise quarterback on the board. You take them and let the rest fall where they may. Boy, you want to talk about how how the tide has turned there in Philadelphia. If you would have told me a year ago that Justin Fields would be the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, I would have said you were nuts, right, with them taking Hurts and then obviously Wentz still being there. So it's, it's crazy how fast things move. But speaking of moving fast, let's go to the next pick. Detroit, the Detroit Lions are on the clock. That means Brandon Pastel, you are up with the pick. Okay, yeah, so I, I thought about quarterback here as well for just a minute, but I mean, I 
after just getting Jared Goff and that contract. I just don't see it feasible that they can get a quarterback uh, in this draft, at least in the top, you know, two rounds. So I'm going to go with the best wide receiver on the board and number one wide receiver in my rankings, and that's Devontae Smith here. Now they've got Kenny Galladay, a free agent this year. Uh, they could franchise him. They got Marvin Jones getting a little bit up there in age. So I think they have to look to address their skill positions. And I think they surround Jarrett Goff with the best receiver and the Heisman winner in Devontae Smith. Certainly a guy that I like, and I think it's going to be unique, unique on how they use him there in Detroit. But Brent, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a clear need for them, especially with Kenny Galladay uh, potentially going to free agency and then Marvin Jones getting up there in age. I think they're just looking for playmakers there in Detroit. So now with the trade that gets the New York Jets picking at eight, Kenny Keller, who do you have the Jets take in here? So the two picks I had circled that I thought would, that I was hoping would fall being the GM of the Jets after making the trade and, and, you know, potentially passing on a franchise quarterback in Wilson or Fields. You know, I said, okay, maybe one will fall, but at the very least, you know, I Devonta Smith is my number one receiver on the board, you know, put another weapon around, um, Sam Darnold, help him develop again, you know, help him develop against more would be the way to go. But however, I, I, I'm just not a fan of Jamar Chase or Jalen Watt on the top 10. I don't believe both are top 10 talents. Um, you know, so I'm kind of feel like I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here. Cause I think I want to give Darnold another chance. And with this pick, we're definitely going to give him another chance because the guy I'm about to draft is going to sit behind him for the next year and learn and develop into a pro quarterback and let Darnold take the lumps one more year being the Jets quarterback. And then we get to inherit a bunch uh -huh. of draft picks next year and surround this guy with even more talent and really give him the start he needs in 2022. Oh, so no. he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I'm he's going to do Trey it. Lance, quarterback, <laughs> North Dakota State. Yeah. Wow. Glessner, what do you think, bro? Eight. Trey Lance to the Jets. I don't no think I've comment. seen that in a mock yet. I, I see the rationale um, sitting sitting behind. I mean, I just I, – I don't know if that's a good spot for him, but I can't – yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to get into it, but that's – the rationale is there. I, I'm just not sure that the I – don't, I don't think that's a good – Good fit for him as a as a player. Certainly pretty talented, but Bless hey, man, Ken Ken is the GM though. Ken is the GM. No, because I don't. I he's I he's got a lot of work to do. He's got. I think he's got a lot of work to be a guy that can take over. And in this day and age, where guys rarely get the chance to develop, and coaches move on, and head and offensive coordinators and quarterback coaches. Um, I, I think he just needs to go somewhere with some stability. I just don't think that there's enough there for me. Um, I think he's an incredible athlete. I think he's got incredible skills. I think he has this, uh, I think he has incredible potential. Um, so you're taking him on his potential and I'm not sure that the jets, that's a good spot potential wise. That's all. <laughs> yeah. I get the whole get to sit back behind Darnold for a year and learn, but I think like Gless said, not an ideal situation for Trey Lance coming into a situation where a team is like literally building from the ground up. But this is going to be interesting, guys, because it's going to put a lot of pressure on teams that are still searching for a quarterback. And right now we're into the ninth pick, not even out of the top 10, and four of the five are gone. 
So this bidding war for Mac Jones could get a little, a little crazy. It could get heated. (laughs) And then to go to a team, another team that has clear quarterback needs, Riley Bradshaw, you are on the clock for the Denver Broncos sitting there at nine. Yeah. So I actually have the next three picks. I'm about to go through a gauntlet here. So let's just go one by one and break them down. All right. Hey, Riley, Riley, real quick. I want to do it. Okay. All right. As the, as the, Owner and manager of the Chicago Bears, I am looking for my next quarterback. Ooh. And as the 20th overall pick, I mm. am willing to trade you next year's first-round pick. Also, obviously, this year's 20th overall pick. And I am willing to throw you two second-round picks, so next year's second-round pick and the year after second-round pick. Uh, oh, 2022. Two firsts and two seconds. Yes. So two firsts and two seconds. Wow. To get up to nine. So let me get this straight. Yes. This year, we're swapping first-round picks, so we'll drop back to 20th. Yep. We get your next year's first, your next year's second, and 2023's second. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. How's that looking on the – I did not anticipate the Mac Jones – On the meter. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it within the uh, mock draft machine, it says offer acceptance likely. So if I want it, I'm going to take it. I'm just, uh, I, I hate not getting more now. I don't like having to drop back 11 spots and I don't get any more assets this year. Not a fan. What would you say if you gave me this year's second and take off 2023s. That's, I need, I need, I need, tough. I need more. Uh, we have if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to give you your you know, look, we're talking premium price because we're talking quarterback here. If I'm going to give you your franchise quarterback and drop back 11 spots, I need, I need something like tangible now. I need something in return now. Because I don't think the Broncos are that far away from competing. The defense needs some overhaul. You know, obviously Drew Lockett is a question mark, but I'm not. I'm not sure I'm willing to span all these draft picks through 2023. I I want some return now, bro. Would it? Would if? Would you? Would you do a? Would you do a third round pick this year and still keep that second for 2023? So your 83rd, you have the 83rd pick this year. Keep. Yeah. Now, obviously, you're still getting a second. first next year, which is if you're. Yep. Uh, man. Right, what do we got, Riley? All right. So we got this year's first. We're swapping this year's third, a 2022 first, 2022 second, and a 2023 second for freaking Mac Jones. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, not sold. Do, that's I'm not sold on Mac Jones, but that's a that's a that's a big deal. That's a lot of that's a lot of assets for you, Brad. That's a lot of assets for Mac Jones. I'm gonna go ahead and accept it because I think it's intriguing. I don't I don't think I've seen the Broncos trade out of this yet. So let's go ahead and see what the mock draft machine says. They accepted Boom. it. So all right, the Bears are on the clock. Go ahead, and Pastel. I, I'm assuming you're gonna go quarterback here. <laughs> Christian Derisaw. Right. So does anyone want to trade with him? That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Buyer's remorse. Yeah. So obviously I'm going to go Mac. I'm, 
<laughs> I'm going to go uh, Mac Jones here, obviously. He's the, uh, the last of what people believe to be a franchise-type quarterback. And I think his stock has only gone up, obviously, this past year, being the Heisman contender. And then him going to the Senior Bowl, a lot of eyes were on him, and he really proved to be the next guy and potentially, like I said, a franchise quarterback that week. I mean, he's got everything you want. He's very coachable. Uh, he's got – I mean, his downfield accuracy is very underrated. A lot of people think he lacks arm strength, which that might be the case. But his accuracy downfield was one of the highest in, in college. Maybe it's just one year and not highly touted uh, prospect coming into college that a lot of people are still down on him a little bit. But I'm a believer in Mac Jones, and I believe that Chicago Bears have to get it right at the quarterback position because they have not done so in so long. Uh, so I think they they go up and get Mac Jones. I'll just say Woo! this real quick before other guys chime in. Pastel's job is now clearly on the line. You, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well he's, the, I, well, he's the owner. Remember, he said he's the owner and manager. So I guess he's good. Oh, okay, he can. He's can he fire up, himself? He's a Dan Snyder, Jerry Jones <laughs> type of owner. Yeah, he's coming off the boat and making the pick. That's what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so i think riley are you, riley are you, do you have something to say what do you want to say about the pick i mean you know the broncos i don't know if they'd want to trade out but for that many assets i feel like you can't say no dropping back to 20 considering the needs they have i'm pretty comfortable there's going to be someone there at 20 that i'm gonna be comfortable taking so that's why i decided to drop back um you know i would have gone probably corner back there but I think there's going to be a cornerback, maybe an edge rusher that drops to me at 20. So, hey, it's your grave, Pastel. You can go ahead and dig it. Jump up to nine for Mac Jones. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm not in on that, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Dallas Cowboys are on a clock. So, Riley, now you actually get to make a pick. Uh, who, do, who does Dallas go with there at, the, at slot number 10? So, I was thinking, you know, in my head, a lot of mock drafts, you have the Broncos go, going corner. A lot of times, Caleb Farley. Cowboys, yep. it's mostly corner. Sometimes you see Rayshon Slater, who was on the board here. Patrick Sertan, you know, team him up with uh, Trevon Diggs, who they spent a second-round pick on last year. Their secondary is a mess. They should have never let Byron Jones walk. And I'm going to go with the cornerback that is clearly head over heels, mm -hmm. got the most potential out of any cornerback. Number one, baby. <laughs> Lester, I don't know if you've talked about this bet you made, but you're giving up some dough not. because the tenth pick in the draft. I'm going Caleb Farley. Oh, cornerback yeah. out of Virginia. Cornerback out of Virginia Tech. It's hey, a man. Need, and you know what? From what draft. I've heard from other scouts, man, <laughs> this guy is a top five potential player. If you're talking upside in the draft he's already debate you already have that debate going on between him and Sertan and I love Patrick Sertan I mean I'm a Dolphins fan loved his dad you know but the ceiling that Caleb Farley has and you're already comparing who's better at this point from a guy who's played a year and a half of cornerback sign me up dude the Cowboys just hit a home run with Caleb Farley Mike, it's like Michael Jordan says the ceiling is the roof there we the go the ceiling well, is the roof Next, Riley, you have the New York Giants there selecting at 11. Where are you going with this pick? A lot of ways they can go, especially with some guys on the board. Dude, this board is not the way I saw it playing out. <laughs> I was going to go Rayshon <laughs> Slater here probably, um, and he's there. But, dude, Jamar Chase is 
sitting there at 11. They need playmakers. They just left, let Golden Tate walk. I mean, I, I get this podcast is not as high on Jamar Chase as some other people are, and I think I'm in that boat as well. But I think, you know, him not playing last year, you know, this goes to what you were saying at the beginning of the podcast, Gless. How is this going to affect certain guys? Clearly, it, in our circumstance, it didn't affect Micah Parsons, but it has affected Jamar Chase. I'm going to take Chase here. I think he's a top five to 10 talent. Him dropping to 11, it's an area of need. I'm going Jamar Chase, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. Take Taking maybe the best receiver in the draft that people think. So I think right there, I think the Giants – hit a home run there. Again, a lot of, a lot of direction they could have gone, could have gone offensive line, uh, another specific knee, but again, trying to surround Daniel Jones with enough talent, at least to see if he's your guy or not. Uh, San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. Looks like Kenny Keller. Uh, who do you have the Niners picking there at 12? Yeah. So I think this is one of the, if the draft went this way, I think the 49ers would have to be extremely thrilled because their probably number one need is cornerback. And I think they're going to be getting the best cornerback in the draft with this pick. And that's Patrick Sertan, the second. He's an elite cover corner. You know, he's, he's got great lineage. Obviously, his dad played in the NFL. He comes from great stock at college at Alabama. He's one of the best man guys in all of college football. His size and athleticism, he checks all the boxes. He's a really locked down cover corner. And you got to think about Richard Sherman is getting older. Jason Verrett, Akilu Weatherspoon, Dante Johnson, Kwan Williams, Jamar Taylor, Emmanuel Mosley. All these guys are scheduled to hit free agency very, very soon. So I think it's a no-brainer that we, that we the 49ers, select Patrick Satan II. I think it's a win-win. We get best player available on the board and we get our biggest need at corner. I think that's a solid one. I, I really like that pick a lot. I like him a lot and showed a lot of production in college, certainly. Uh, AFC West, I believe that is you, Riley, with the San Diego, oh, or I'm I sorry. I can't the, get a break. I know. The, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles charge. Yeah, the Los Angeles charge. I almost said San Diego again. Gosh, come on, Brandon. Get with it. Riley, you're on the clock at 13. Where are the Chargers going? All right, so they desperately <laughs> need offensive line help. You know, the fact that Justin Herbert was able to produce the numbers he produced, and I get they were down in a lot of games. They were in shootouts. So that's potentially why his numbers were the way they were. Or he's just a really good quarterback, and a lot of people, myself included, overlooked him. I think all of us, and, yeah. And the fact that he did that with one of the poorest offensive lines in football says a lot about Justin Herbert. So if no one's calling to trade up, you know, if, I, if I'm the Chargers, I'm willing to trade back because the way the board's sitting, I mean, you got Slater, Cosme, Darisaw, you got a lot of guys, Vera Tucker, you got a lot of guys here. Um, if you drop back a few spots, you'll still get a really good offensive lineman. But if no one's willing to trade up. Not here. I'm good. Damn it. Nope, All nope. right. I'm going nope. <laughs> to go with Rayshon Slater. <laughs> out, Riley. <laughs> I'm going to go Rayshon Slater. Totally happy with Dang. the pick one of the most versatile linemen in the draft. He can play all five positions, so the Chargers have flexibility there. It's a need for the team, a desperate need for the team. Uh, you could have gone with, you know, I mean, Waddle is there. Get him another weapon. Uh, but 
you know, you, you got to protect your biggest asset and your quarterback. And I think Rayshon Slater at 13 makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Looks yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you can, you can never put enough offensive line talent around your young developing quarterback. You want your young quarterback to develop two things you can do, give them plenty of time to throw the ball and then give them plenty of weapons to throw to. And the four and the chargers have a bunch of weapons. You know, they have guys like Keenan Allen. Um, they have guys like, um, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on the running back's name. Uh, yeah, Eckler, Eckler, Austin Eckler. Yeah, Austin Eckler. I mean, he's got talent around him, but he needs time to throw the ball, and Slater will definitely help that. Brandon Pastel, you are on the clock with an interesting team. Went 7-9 last year. Minnesota Vikings, again, could go a lot of different directions here. Uh, but I think uh, with the guys on the board, I think you're going to see great value. So, Brandon Pastel, where are you going? Number 14 for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Raleigh stole my pick. I was going to get picked for Sean Slater. Yeah, I think that line needs a little bit of reworking uh, the way Kirk. Yeah, I know. Well, with that being said, uh, I think Raleigh Reef is. I've heard rumors about him obviously possibly getting traded, released, or doing a pay cut. So obviously, he might not be in the long term plans for them. So that being said, I am going to address the offensive line. And while it might not be Rashawn Slater, and I know they could probably use a little bit more work on the interior. I'm going to pick the best prospect available across the line. That's Christian Darisol, uh, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Wow. I, what a homer pick that was. <laughs> Say two for, <laughs> Shocker. We have two Virginia Tech fans and two Virginia Tech guys going in the top 14. 15, baby. Weird. Yeah. Weird. Oh. Weird how that happens. <laughs> All right, move, uh, moving on, guys. Uh, a team a team that is not used to yes, selecting this yes, high is going to be the New England Patriots, NFC, or the, uh, the AFC East. So, Kenny Keller, you're on the clock. Where does Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots go with this pick? So, I, I sat here for a while watching the, the board play out. And, you know, you think about what the Patriots lacked this year. You know, I, it was very – very glaring that once Julian Edelman got hurt, they had absolutely no weapons whatsoever. And a lot of me wants to take Jalen Waddle, who's sitting on the board right now. But then I also sit here and I'm like, you know what? I don't think Bill is going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. He did a couple of years ago in Nikhil Harry and it hasn't quite worked out. And I, I just, I, I sit here and I see a bunch of Bill Belichick guys on the board, a bunch of guys, you know, some big uglies on the offensive line. I see some edge rushers here. I see some interior offensive linemen. I see JC Horn, a good cornerback out of South Carolina. And I just think back, I keep thinking what Bill, what honestly what Bill would do. And if you guys, anybody was toss me a trade, Bill Belichick would obviously be negotiating his way probably out of the 15th pick. But since we can't negotiate out and I need one of you guys to initiate the trade, I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and pick. So with the 15th pick, I think the New England Patriots do what the New England Patriots always do, and they build up one of their two lines. I think they take Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan. Mm. Ooh, first edge rusher. First edge rusher, and it may be uh, a lot to follow after that. A lot of mocks that I've been seeing, guys, and I, you could probably agree as well. Once Pay goes or, um, you know, the, the two cats from Miami go, there tend to be a – tend to be a run of them because everybody gets nervous. So interesting here with the 16th pick, the Arizona Cardinals, does anybody move up and get an edge rusher here? Do I hear any trades? I'm not sure if I do. And if not, then Kenny, you are back on the clock with the Arizona Cardinals. 
So the Cardinals are, are an interesting bunch. They've obviously decided to go all in. You know, they've got Kyler at quarterback. They've got a bunch of talent on offense with um, – oh, my gosh, guys. Uh, what's his name? The, the receiver Hopkins. who was in – DeAndre Hopkins is there. Hopkins. You've got – Fitz is going to come back probably. Um, you know, they've got decent talent on the offensive line. The defense, they just signed J.J. Watt. Of course, they have Isaiah Simmons from last year. We don't know if Patrick Peterson's going to come back or not. So there's a lot of a lot of ways they could probably go to really improve. But I think they're looking for someone who can make an immediate impact at this point. I think that's what you're going to want to see. I think they're going to want to see someone who can take whether the offense or the defense to the next level, the next iteration that they can be. Because they want to win now. The J.J. Watt signing – was indicative that they want to win now. And I don't think this pick is going to be a project pick. I think this is someone they're going to want to be able to see hit the ground running and staying with the running. And I'm breaking my own rule here because I don't think drafting running backs is ever a, a, a great move in the first round. However, I think Najee Harris is an absolute mm. monster. Yeah, is an absolute monster, and if you put him in that offense with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, I think you are going to create an offense that is going to be very difficult to stop. So, at the 16th pick, I draft running back Najee Harris from Alabama. Wow, the wow. first running back goes. <laughs> Obviously, anybody who listens to the pod. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pastel. You're breaking out there. Would you say? I was just saying, I, I'm not a huge fan of the pick. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. Don't get me wrong. But uh, picking a running back that high, year in, year out, it's proven running backs aren't, just aren't worth a first-round pick, especially in the top 16. So as much as he is a, a great talent, I don't know. I just don't see the value there. I think there's plenty of other needs they could have addressed. Interesting. Interesting. All right, well, let's move to 17. The uh, Las, Las Vegas Raiders are on the board. But so who is that? Is that Riley? Yep. Riley with the AFC West? Riley, I would like to propose a trade to you to move up to 17. Oh, what team would like to trade with me? <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens would love to move up from 27 to 17. So oh, I'd like to obviously swap. I'd love game. to swap out picks here. All right, hold on a second. So Ravens want to trade with me. Okay. Yep. So we'll swap this year's firsts. Okay. Um, I'll throw in a th- I'll throw in a fourth from this year, and then a second, and then a third for next year. Your early. Oh wait, hold on. You want a fourth this year and a second yep. next year? Or let's go with third for next year. Nah, I'm good. You oh, I know why. <laughs> Dang it. It's because you want an eighteen. Oh, I tell you what, counter me. Give me a counter. Can you give me a counter? Give me a counter. Don't don't leave picks on the board, Riley. I don't I don't, don't know leave if picks I want on to. the board. I don't know if I want. By to. the way, I'm I'm picking that 18, not Riley. So just no, I know, I know, but I'm trying to move up because <laughs> right. you know, because I know who you want to jump up and get yeah. ahead of the Dolphins. <laughs> but Riley's all right. Well, I, I've been told no. no. I, I gave up decent draft capital, hold but on, Riley, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. A fourth this year. I mean, we're jumping up ten spots. <laughs> and third next year. I mean, the mock draft machine likes it, but I'm not crazy about it, man. I, I, I see right. a lot of guys who can help me on defense here a plethora of talent. I mean, Parsons pay are off the board, but I got Jalen Phillips here. 
I got Jeremiah Usukoromoa. I got Greg Rousseau, Aziz Ojolari. I don't know, man. All I think right. I'm well, going to help my well, defense here. All right. I'll but say in the for the sake of time, then you've turned down the my trade offer and go ahead. So who do the Las, Las Vegas Raiders have? Okay, so this is a this is a big time draft for Mike Mayock. He's even said it himself. I mean, his his uh, draft record has not been outstanding to this point. Um, I'm looking here though, and my target was Quiddy Pay. If Quiddy Pay was there, he was my guy. I mean, obviously Parsons, but in some drafts Parsons falls. This one he clearly didn't. Quiddy Pay was my guy. He's off the board. So now I'm a little nervous because we know a couple years ago he took Farrell out of Clemson hasn't worked out and I love the potential the talent of Jalen Phillips I mean he was a five-star I think he was the number one overall number one overall pick yeah Yeah. our number one recruit sorry yeah and then you have Gregory Rousseau who came out had a monster year in 2019 sat out this year so I'm a little worried (laughs) that I'm I'm banking on potential again and it's not going to pay off because if, if it doesn't I could lose my job So I think I'm going to go with a guy that, you know, I've seen him go in a couple mock drafts. I'm going to go with Jeremiah Wusukoromoa out of Notre Dame. I think that he fits that defense. So I struggle with Wusukoromoa because I think he's more, honestly, he's like a hybrid safety than he is a linebacker. I mean, he's listed as a linebacker, but this guy, he for his size, he plays a lot bigger than his size at 216. He's not your linebacker that's going to be, you know, a stack linebacker between the C gaps. This dude is going to be out running. He can play safety, probably a box safety, but you can use him in a bunch of different ways. I like how he fits in terms of just his style of play with what the Raiders are all about. So I'm going to go with Awusu Koromoa here um, and pass on the potential but also the risk of the two edges that are the highest on my board at this point. Ooh, Great. that's a, yeah, that's a good pick. I like that. That's a very, that's a very John Gruden type of pick. I feel yeah. like. S- certainly he's got to hit it though, man. He's got to hit it because yep. he's, he's yep. whipped on some. Who else were you considering there besides, besides JOK? Like who was, who was, who was, was it, was it clearly him or did you have to like really split hairs? I mean, I like Azizo Jalari too, but it, it was basically it was Koromoa or it was an edge for me. Interesting. And the edge is like I said, just too much risk involved. You gotta hit this pick. And I think Uwusu Koromoa is he's just a freaking good football player. He's the sure bet. You went with the the sure bet there. I mean, nothing wrong with that, man. If he's high on your board, then then go take him. So Miami Dolphins up at 18. Kenny Keller. Don't screw this up, Kenny. He's right I there. Say, I would say he's right there, which I tried to move up and get. But right, he may not get him. So who's the pick, Kenny? So remember, I'm making this pick based on if I was the GM. Me God. personally was the GM of the Dolphins and, and how I would have my big boards oh, played God. out in front of me. And I know the pick that Riley wants, and I know the pick that everybody probably thinks we should take at 18 because you would think it's a kind of a, a perfect fit. However, my big board, my personal big board that I have sitting in front of me right here, and I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a draft the best player available kind of guy, tells me a different story. And it lines up, especially knowing the fact that 
Kyle Van Noy is now on his way out of Miami. We are, we are getting him out of here. And really, I mean, we have, what, Emmanuel Ogba, Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle. Like, those are kind of our pass rushers by committee sort of thing. I just don't like that. I want to get after the quarterback. That's what I want to do. We've got, you know, I've drafted my protection of Tua. I've got, I'm, I'm building a wall around him. We've done well last year. I've added Penny Stool, a generational-type talent. Now I want to go ahead and address the defense. And the number one ranked guy on my board right now is Gregory Rousseau, defensive end Miami. And that's who I take staying in Miami with the 18th pick. Sorry, Riley. I am dead inside. <laughs> <laughs> Always so next year, Riley. stays in the Always same city. Receiver. Stays in the – wow, crazy. Yeah. I mean I, – okay. I'm just like I, – look, I – if if I liked Jalen Waddle more, or if he was the top guy on my board, I would have taken him because I do think Miami needs a a wide receiver, and they probably would take him in this scenario. But my big board, I don't have him that high just because I don't think he's an elite wide receiver prospect. I think he's good, but I just don't. I wouldn't take him over Gregory Rousseau in this situation. Yeah. So we've talked we've talked offline about this, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we are starting to run late. But I think I've we've talked about it, guys, offline. For the Dolphins specifically, Jalen Waddle is my wide receiver one. They desperately need a wide receiver that can separate off the line of scrimmage, that can catch the ball in space and make electric plays. That's what fits to a skill set the most. And that's what he is clearly lacking if you look at who the Dolphins currently have on the roster between Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, big body, physical catch point type of receivers, contested catch type of receivers. We need someone that's going to freaking come in and electrify. It is so hard when you are on an offensive drive, especially as a rookie quarterback. And this is what Justin Herbert had. It's what Joe Burrow had. It's what, um, it's what Tua did not have. When you are, are relied upon to do these 10, 11, 12 play drives because you're throwing an eight yard hitch or 12 yard in and there's no yak, no yards after the catch. It puts a lot of pressure on your quarterback and on your offense to not make any mistakes. One penalty, your drive is dead. And that's what happened to the Dolphins. Someone like Jalen Waddle, I would willing, if the Dolphins make a trade at three and drop back to you know six, seven, eight, whatever, I would take Jalen Waddle at seven. That's how high I think of this dude. He reminds me so much of Tariq Hill. It's not even funny. That's why he, he's my number one receiver in this ooh, draft class, ooh. even over Devonta Smith. Mm, well, the, the good news is, Riley, as the wow. Dolphins GM, I do have my eye on a couple guys with the 36 pick, and okay, that would be, okay. you know, Rondell Moore, you know, kind of maybe him. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We, I've got some guys looking at later in the draft, maybe Dwayne Eskridge, Tutu Atwell. Couple burners that I'm keeping my eyes on. So Kenny loves Rondell Moore. He, he loves does. him so hard. Oh, 1, he loves him so much. All right, guys, let's uh, let's keep this, this train. Let's keep this train going. Washington football team on at 19. Riley, who do you got my Washington football team taking? All right, I'm gonna go Jalen Waddle here. Big time playmaker. <laughs> <laughs> In case you haven't heard of him. <laughs> I, I feel like you just yeah. I feel like you just pre uh, his pick right with just. <laughs> so yeah these t's in a tough spot especially in this draft and we're going off of right now we'll see how free agency plays out dc clearly needs a quarterback 
the Bears were aggressive. They jumped up to nine, got Mac Jones, who a lot of people are pairing with Washington. So they're kind of screwed in terms of quarterback. They got to figure that out. Hopefully they address somebody in free agency because, Gless, if this board plays out the way it does and you're left with a second tier of Kyle Trask, who I know you're a huge fan of, um, (laughs) it's slim pickings for D.C. at 19 unless they get aggressive and trade up themselves. But we've we've debated, Gless, you and I, who has the worst skill players between D.C. and Miami? Yeah. Uh, I think pairing Jalen Waddle with McLaurin, that gives you some some options and some elite talent on the outside. And I don't think Waddle's going to fall this far in the real draft. But if he's there, it's an easy pick for me, Jalen Waddle, yeah, baby. Yeah, I I, actually, I think Washington football team is going to make a, a a couple free agent plays, right? I think they'll 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 go a good amount after Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. I think they'll be really aggressive. So, but what we know today, I don't, I certainly don't hate the pick because we just need skill players. We need guys that can get the ball in their hands and make plays after the catch and run past guys. Cause we just don't have that. We got McLaurin and that's about it. So it, without Waddle here, the only, the only other way to go, I would have like seen would have been, go ahead. Offensive line, Vera Tucker or Cosme. Uh, either yeah, either Tucker or Cosme. Probably Cosme, just because I, I like the, the the tackle play here, um, and I know that Veritucka can probably do both. But I like Cosme here because I also think we're going to resign Brandon Sheriff anyways. Yeah, that's so, who I was targeting because yeah. I thought Waddle was going to go at eighteen, but Waddle's yeah. there. I think the talent is outstanding. So yeah, I, I get it though. They de- definitely need help on the offensive line. Yeah. All right. Well. Going back, uh, Riley, you have another pick in a row, or, oh, or another pick. The Denver Broncos at 20 after trading back. Who do they go with here at 20? I've been out of the game too long, guys. Podcasting this long. I'm, I'm winded right now. Um, <laughs> all right. So I made it clear at nine they were targeting a cornerback. And I look here at 20. I got all those assets from the Bears, and J.C. Horn is still on the board. Um, so I'm doing a happy dance right now. Um, I would have gone edge before, um, before the, you know, obviously JJ Watt signing. So I'm going to go in a different direction. Cornerback, huge area of knee ups, JJ Watt signing. What am I talking about? That's the Cardinals. Uh, sorry guys, J, uh, JC Horn, they're losing <laughs> AJ Bouye. And, um, I think that is, um, a clear cut win for the Denver Broncos. I like that. That's a good pick. That feels like a very value pick right there. I think Horn, you could make an argument, could go even, you know, as high as 15. So I I think it's a great value pick. I think uh, Horn is obviously, again, another cornerback who comes from great stock. His his dad is, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Horn, right? Yeah. Joe Horn's his dad. So, I mean, long time NFL wide receiver, Pro Bowl wide receiver, comes from great stock, knows, knows, has an in with the game. I like it. I like so, the pick. Yeah, J.C. Horn, he's very popular going to the Cardinals at 16. Mm-hmm. So I confused myself there. And we'll see what happens with Vaughn Miller. I've heard that the Broncos want him back. But considering how on how all this off-the-field stuff goes, you know, they could go edge. They could go linebacker. Um, but they desperately need a cornerback. They're getting $13.5 million off the books with A.J. Bouye. So I think J.C. Horn is a great pick. Astell, you are on the clock with the Indianapolis Colts. Where do they go here at 21? Okay, so the Colts uh, obviously got Carson Wentz. 
here uh, through trade with the Philadelphia Eagles. Anthony Costanzo, he just retired. I think you got to protect Wentz, got to keep him healthy, keep his mind straight. And I think one of the, the best linemen on the board to help him do that uh, is going to be Alex Leatherwood, the offensive tackle out of Ooh. Alabama. I've got going to the Indianapolis Colts. Hold on, wow. let me scroll down a little bit on this big board. Wow, Pastel oh, goes with the <laughs> Pastel go Pastel goes with the lineman who is certainly <laughs> he may be the most versatile lineman in the draft, right? He played all over that line at Alabama. So interesting bypasses Cosme, Vera Tucker, and a couple other interior offensive linemen decides to go Alex Leatherwood making a strength to strength. Like yes, sir. I mean, I'm, that's just yeah. it. He's he's flexible and yeah. Why did you and, choose and him Pastel him over Vera Tucker? Got to keep Carson West playing. Why did you choose him over Vera Tucker? Uh, so, uh, he played left tackle so this I wanted, year. I wanted a tackle. Well, he played left tackle at USC yeah, this year. And he's projected at guard, I know. Well, that's just it. I think, I think uh, Vera Tucker is limited. Where I think uh, Weather, uh, sorry, Weatherhead, what, uh, Leatherwood, sorry. Is a lot more. He could play all five spots, at least four spots, uh, yeah. guard, tackle, both sides. So I like that flexibility going to the Titans where I think Barry Tucker, I think he will be a guard at, in the National Football League. Got, gotcha. So, Pasto, you're actually back up, back to back picks here. Oh, Kenny trying to move up to 22. I am going to take over. My team that Ooh. I'm trading up with actually doesn't have a first-round pick. So uh-huh. I am trading I'm the Seattle Seahawks are trading up, are making a play okay. for 22. And I need Riley to pull up the draft picks for me. So I'm going to obviously trade you my second-round pick because that is my highest pick in this draft. And I actually only have four. I have a second, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Yes. Then we're going to flip to 2022. And I'm going to give you my second-round pick there because I actually didn't wow. realize we didn't have a first-round pick in 2022. Nope. Gosh. Uh, Jamal Adams. For the next Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jamal Adams. <laughs> and then also throw the third in there from 2022. Wow. And in 2023, <laughs> Holy smokes. go with the second in 2023 as well. You know, now you're just doing this out of spite. That's all you're doing. This is a spite pick. I don't have a first-round pick. pick. I'm asking Pastel to drop, like, 30 picks in the draft and I don't who are you trying to come up and get for for all i mean the seahawks are in a situation where they just don't have a lot of assets to be trading away to get players like this so all right so either they don't really have a ton of needs they have one glaring need right yeah pa- pasto who are you going to accept the trade here basically i'm was that uh what's the uh thing say riley i'm offering you three seconds in a in a third for your first all right so i don't have a first yeah so it's saying it'll probably accept the offer so you're talking about going back to 56 this year um and that's your only pick this year then you have in 2022 a second and a third and a 2023 you have a second okay so uh i will accept but i will go ahead and give a pick just so people know who i would have picked and that would have been christian barmore out of alabama so, Kenny, the pick is yours now. Okay. The trade Seahawks is done. So, Seahawks trade up. So, who do you got? So, I'm taking – I mean, there's only really one reason to make this trade, and that's because the top offensive lineman on the board is still there, who I think is a really extremely value pick here at 22. 
And the Seahawks, what do they lack? They lack an offensive line. They have a really, really bad offensive line. We're going to upgrade it here because we don't have a lot of needs. We're going to go ahead and draft Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle out of Texas. I, I like that pick a lot, actually, as the Seahawks fan here as well. So we got it. it you got to be able to compete in the West now, right? I mean, you've got edge rushers everywhere. You've got Arizona upgraded with J.J. Watt opposed, uh, to go along with Chandler uh, Chandler Jones. Uh, obviously, you have obviously you have Bosa down in San Francisco, and then you have to deal with what the Rams bring uh, every week as far as their front and, and all of their edge rushers and Aaron Donald. So I, I agree with you, Kenny. This is it's actually I. I Probably one more pick than I'd like to get away, but again, you really have to address this need here. So, real, real quick, this this kind of is an example. Uh, you know, Sam Cosme better freaking work out because you can see when you're talking about giving away multiple first round picks, how much that limits you in terms of your <laughs> your range right. of or like you you can't mess up a pick. Because if you're trading up after giving away those first round picks, you already have low draft capital and now you're giving up even more. So you got to hit on whoever you're trading yep. up for. Yep. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And look, I, look, we gave a lot, lot up to the jets, but to be quite honest, I mean, we got the best safety in the planet. Um, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> at least, at least the, the way he's looked so far, we'd love to see him be a little bit more healthy. So 23 New York jets, you're on the clock. Who's the, who's the AFC? Is that you Kenny? It is me. So I'm back on the clock. And now our goal is to put as much offensive talent around a Sam Darnold this year. And now thinking towards the future, whenever we put Trey Lance in at quarterback and having him in the best position to succeed. So with the 23rd pick, the New York football Jets select Rondale Moore, Wide receiver. Mm, gosh, Kenny Purdue, loves him so much. Who's gonna be who's gonna be the offensive rookie of the year this year because he is the second best wide receiver in this draft behind Devonta Smith. All right, let me just read this off real quick. So Kenny, not, you not jumped New, not New York, man. You jumped, <laughs> you jumped Rashad Bateman, Terrence Marshall Jr., Kadarius Tony. Um, so at least those three for Rondell Moore. Easy. Easily, uh, not even debate. Not I, of those three, yeah, not even debate. I even with his injury history, I I at least think there's a debate with Waddle. I think there's a debate to be had with Waddle and and you know Chase. I can at least tolerate a debate on that. I don't think it's a debate between those three who's better. It doesn't matter that Bateman easy. just ran a four three nine laser time. That's okay. Rondell Moore is going to run almost probably a close to a four two. He's going to run almost sub four three. I mean, he's the most explosive player we've seen in a long, long time. I, I think he's a no-brainer. Interesting there. Huh. Well, I mean, hey, I again, I don't hate the pick. Give uh, give San Darnold some weapons to work with. So, all right, guys, I have actually four of the next five picks here. So I'm going to roll through here to catch us up a little bit. The Pittsburgh Steelers, I think there's one massive need here. Uh, again, they're, they're – uh, They've got a lot, a potentially a lot to replace and a lot of decisions they have to make. But the inability to run the football last year was borderline embarrassing, right? They start off 11-0. to 0. 
Uh, and then, of course, they they fell off at the end of the year and losing to the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. I think this one is a no-brainer here. Um, Alija Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman out of USC. I think this is fantastic value. A guy who can play guard and potentially some right tackle at the next level. I think you just need to get better here. Um, yeah, both both in the the pass blocking game as well as the run blocking. So I think this one is a no brainer. Yeah, I mean we, we see it. You know, they went empty a ton less because they couldn't run the football. And we talked about how predictable that made the offense once teams caught on that the fact that they couldn't run it. So yeah, I think I think Elijah Vera Tucker there is a no brainer. Yep. Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Their second first round pick. They got it uh, from the Los Angeles Rams when I believe that was the. Uh, Jalen Ramsey trade. So Brandon Pastel, who do the Jacksonville Jaguars go to at 25? Yeah, so I'm, I'm obviously a believer in building in the trenches. And I think with this pick, you have the best interior defensive lineman in the draft, and that's Christian Barmore out of Alabama. I think he's the pick for Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to go like Trevon Mowrick here, but I think that's just a little bit too high. And the dip fall between Christian Barmore and everybody else I think is pretty significant so I'm gonna go Barmore out of Alabama to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 25. I like it I like it I give that pick an A plus because that's who I, I love Christian Barmore at 25 I like it Pastel. Cleveland Browns now on the clock at 26 so this is me I've got the Browns Ravens and Saints coming up the next three so Cleveland Browns a lot of mocks have them taking Zayvon Collins here the linebacker out of Tulsa they went very hard after J.J. Uh, Watt to solidify that other side to make sure that Miles Garrett continues to get one-on-one blocking. I think Edge is still a, a still a need here, and a guy who had a had a really great year this uh, this season. I think they bypass the the linebacker, and I think they go edge rusher here. Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami to shore up that defensive line and to make sure that they put more pressure on the quarterback. So that's where I got the Browns going at 26. Nice. That's that's a solid pick. I mean, you, pa- you pair him up with Miles Garrett, you're definitely giving him an opportunity to succeed because he, he's you know Garrett's going to see his fair share of double teams and so you know that it'll give Phillips a little bit more one-on-one play coming off the edge. And, and you know, you can never have enough pass rushers. You can never have enough pass rushers. And if you don't believe it, go watch the Super Bowl this year. Baltimore Ravens on the clock. As the Ravens general manager, I saw Jalen Waddle there at, <laughs> at 17, thought I could move up and get him. I did not get him. So I think the logical pick here, there's some receivers on the board. There's Bateman. There's Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, there's Kadarius Tony. There's Elijah Moore. Um, I'm going to go receiver here just because I think the value is too great. I think they go with decent size here. I think uh, they go Terrence Marshall Jr. receiver out of LSU. I really like this kid a lot. I, he's really grown on me the more uh, that I've seen him play and watch a little bit more film. So I think the Ravens try to give Lamar Jackson another receiver weapon and certainly one with a little bit more size than Hollywood Brown. And I think Terrence Marshall gives you that. So uh, the Baltimore Ravens select Terrence Marshall junior receiver out of LSU there at 27. I feel like every year the Ravens have somebody fall to them. I say, I feel like they have everyone, every year that someone falls to them. And this just happens to be, Terrace Marshall, who I think is a very underrated receiver. 
just because LSU sucked last year, they didn't – not a lot of people saw him play, but he was by far the best offensive weapon uh, that they had for the entire year last year. And I think he's going to be an immediate impact in the NFL. So it was a great pick by the Ravens. I just really like the value there. I think that's incre- – that's, it's really great value. Um, all right, so next on the board, I've got at my uh, – uh, it's not the last pick. I have the Tampa Bay Bucks at 32. But the New Orleans Saints, again, went 12-4 and four last year. Um, another early playoff exit they got. They lost to the uh, eventual Super Bowl champs. Um, I'm going to go – so there's two ways I can go here. I certainly want to go defense, right? And I think the lack of first-round talent from the cornerback position that's available – I don't think I go corner here. I do like edge rusher here and specifically a guy that has a lot of talent. Um, I, I, I think he's a little bit of a project. I don't think he was as productive in college, but man, do I love the natural potential, the natural speed, the natural size. He certainly has that NFL size. So I'm going to go Aziz Ojarly, the edge rusher out of Georgia to sure up the edge rush, uh, my edge rushing here in New Orleans. Aziz Ujolari. I, I like that because they're, they're going to, like Riley mentioned earlier in the show, they're going to have some cap issues. They're going to need to, you know, draft well. They're going to hit in their draft. And, and they need a guy who can play multiple positions. You get Aziz Ujolari in there. He can rush the quarterback. He can drop back in pass coverage a little bit. He's not great at it, but he is kind of a, you know, at least he's a multi-tool player. So that's a, uh, that's a good pick, Les. I, I was very, very torn on taking Zayvon Collins here, but I just saw the edge rusher. And as much as I like Zayvon Collins, it's, I don't know. I thought edge is a bigger, bigger need for the Saints. So I, I took the best player, defensive player, I felt like still on the board. So Yeah, the Saints are that one of those teams where in a couple of weeks, <laughs> their draft needs may be vastly different than they are today based on I, their cap situation. I, I, I agree with that. All right, Brandon Pasto, you were on a clock with the Green Bay Packers. What's interesting about this pick is not only you in the NFC North, but you are the general manager of your girlfriend's favorite team. So she's <laughs> going to get salty up. if you don't <laughs> pick this one right. So who do the Green Bay Packers get here at 29? Man, I'm just going to do it what every fan and their mother have been wanting for like the last five years and pick a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers here. I'm going to go over Sean Bateman. I know his draft stock kind of like dipped a little bit this past year because we were always talking about him being the second if not third best receiver coming into the year. I still think he's a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal receiver. All he does is produce. He ran that 4-3 laser time 40 the other day. Give him another receiver that's not Alan Lazard or Van Scantilis, whatever his name is. Go out there, surround him with a watch – that, watch that Packers team get over the hump because they've been to the NFC Championship back-to-back years. And this might be the pick to propel them into the Super Bowl. It'd be the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he that they spent a first-round pick on a skill position player, which is crazy to think about. Hey, man, I I, I can't hate the pick there. Um, certainly need I, I think just need another weapon there. I'm not that big of a Rashad Bateman fan, but I mean maybe some good value you see there right there at 29. Uh, Buffalo Bills are on the clock, so it means Kenny Keller. You've got. Which is also ironic because of your your affinity and love for the Buffalo Bills. So I try know. not to get that in the way with this pick. 
Well, I didn't get in the way of my Seahawks pick. The Seahawks That's and the true. Bills are like two of my least favorite teams. But no, I mean, you look at the Bills. They had a really good year this year. There's not a ton of like immediate needs. I mean, they, they pretty much have solid play throughout their entire roster. Now, granted, there's always upgrades to be had. And, you know, they're going to lose Matt Milano to unrestricted free agency this year. He's a pretty decent linebacker for them. So I think it sets up perfect to draft who to draft a pastels boy, but someone who might be the most underappreciated player in, in the entire draft and was named the most outstanding college uh, football player on defense by wearing the Chuck big award. And that is linebacker out of Tulsa, Zaven Collins. Oh man. I was hoping he'd fall to me at Tampa Bay at 32. Great, great pick though. Kenny love the value there at 30. Yeah, I just couldn't pass it up. I mean, he's he's one of the best linebackers we've seen in college football in a long time. And he's a three-down linebacker, and I think he steps in and plays right away and helps that Buffalo Bills defense hopefully, you know, make a run at the Super Bowl next year. That makes me really sad as a Dolphins fan. He's a perfect replacement for Van Noy if he dropped to 36. I, I would think the Dolphins would target him there, but it, it hurts even more seeing him go to the Bills. Riley Bradshaw, you're on the clock with the AFC champion. Kansas City Chiefs went 14 and two last year. Uh, obviously, I, I think there's a, a <laughs> huge need here, uh, but we'll see if you follow up on that. So where do the Kansas City Chiefs go here at 31? So I think the fun pick would be Kadarius Tony, just to add another weapon to that offense. Um, but I mean, we, we saw it and I know they were banged up, but the offensive line needs help. And out of this list that is available still, I love versatility in my offensive lineman, someone that, you know, could play tackle, but also can kick into guard if they need to. And I think that guy that's on the board that's jumping out to me is Jalen Mayfield right now. Uh, You could go Tevin Jenkins uh, from Oklahoma State, but I think Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, um, he's a beefy 6'5", 320, 325, uh, but he projects as either a starting offensive tackle Uh, But you could also play him at guard. So I think the versatility uh, would definitely help the Chiefs out here. Yeah. I mean, and you know, Tevin Jenkins really doesn't fit that offense either. You know, he's a very, he's a road grader kind of guy. I like Tevin Jenkins a lot. He's one of the best run blockers in college football, according to Pro Football Focus. But he just doesn't fit what Kansas City needs. And Kansas City, you know, we saw what happened when both their starting tackles went out in the Super Bowl and they were just thin up front. If you get a guy who can kick around and play guard and tackle, it at least insulates you a little bit from having that depth issue that they had toward the end of the year. Well, and you need the Chiefs, they need they need someone that can play in space. They need someone that's a that's able to get to the second level. And Jalen Mayfield, he's got the athleticism, but he's also got the size to be able to play either tackle or guard. So I think I think he's the better fit for the Chiefs. If they're gonna if they're gonna go with this board that's currently here, uh, if they're gonna go offensive line, I think that Jalen Mayfield's the pick. Makes sense. Rounding out the draft, the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by the ageless Tom Brady, um, and the best GM currently on this podcast, and Brandon Glessner, has the last pick in the draft, and couple different areas I could go here. I could add an edge rusher. I could add a linebacker. Um, I could add somebody on defense here, but I see, I see this toy 
for Tom Brady to utilize and to be able to stretch a defense. And with Chris Godwin potentially not coming back, um, I think they easily slide in his replacement here in Kadarius Tony, the receiver out of the University of Florida. A guy that is a close cop to him is the Cheetah and Tyreek Hill. And, you know, I actually took this from Kenny's mock draft he did a few weeks ago. I actually love this fit here and this pick for for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on offense. It's a great pick. I mean, talk about the rich getting richer. It's, you know, replacing Godwin with Tony, I think, is a great move, especially if they lose Godwin. Um, even if they didn't lose Godwin, I would love to see them come back with, you know, Antonio, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Kadarius, Tony, Rob Gronkowski, like that offense would just be insane. Just just go empty every play, just go empty, just empty and just kind of find your matchup and go ahead and pick on it. So I like to pick there. I think that's pretty good. And that is one through 32 with trades involved and what makes it also spectacular is we're also doing it with somebody halfway across the world and we can't even see each other so fellas we had a rough start the first the first two picks were a little rough and i see that and as the host i will take i will take full responsibility for that but nicely done fellas very nicely done we'll have to do certainly a 2.0 version when after free agency starts to settle down and we can kind of hone in on really a lot more needs that happen here I like it. No, this was, this was fun, guys. I, I definitely want to do this again. Riley, I, uh, you know, I, this was a good idea when you got the premium version of this. And I think we've all had fun doing this offline uh, collectively with you. So for all four of us to get together and kind of reunite, as we said at the beginning of the show, is, is fun. This was a good time. I, I can't wait to do a 2.0 version uh, after free agency and then maybe a 3.0 as, as we get, you know, right around the draft. Man, I picked a bad podcast to come back out of retirement for that was a gauntlet that one one is a long one that was a long one man this is gonna be probably your longest (laughs) podcast ever that's all right is anyone still listening you think anyone's still listening they turn (laughs) us off already yeah well that's only if you promote that i'm on it then they'll still be listening oh actually you know what if we promote it to our xfl followers 100 percent, they're still listening they love us It's a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate it, though. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Riley. We really appreciate it. Uh, We'll definitely get you on a couple more times before the draft. Uh, You can follow and interact with Prospects 101 on social media at Prospects101Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Also, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, Amazon pod, whatever it is, we're on there. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with every new episode for our guest, Riley Bradshaw for Brandon Pastel for Kenny Keller. I am Gless. We will talk to you next week with another one of ours mock draft.